Happy Monday. Hello, everybody. It's already a really busy week, and we just are like 12 seconds into the show. But here we go. If you were watching Lifetime over the weekend, wow, did you learn a lot about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So if you don't already know, Gypsy Rose Blanchard went to prison for 10 years, served eight, for murdering her mom. A conspiracy with her boyfriend who actually carried it out after a lifetime of just vicious abuse. Like, Munchausen by proxy put that kid in a wheelchair for 14 years, hooked her up to a feeding tube, told everybody she had every ailment in the book and she didn't have any of it. And ultimately, Gypsy Rose killed her mom, served time, and now she's out for a week. And the Lifetime series, the revelations are jaw-dropping, including drug abuse that Gypsy Rose says she suffered going into prison and in prison. How do you do that? Not only that, sex abuse by other members of the family and why her mother put a cow's tongue and buried it in the backyard and all sorts of voodoo hex information as well. Not to mention the fact that she pulled a gun on her mom and pulled the trigger. I'm going to tell you all about these revelations in just a few moments. I also have the story for you of that special needs student. Um, 17 years old at the time that he attacked his teacher's aide. The video is unwatchable. I mean, when I say that, I actually mean it. Because the woman who's unconscious and being beaten nearly to death cannot watch it. The reason I know that is I have a very special interview that you're going to see tonight. It's her first national interview. I ask her about those moments, the last thing she remembers, and what she wants to see happen to that special needs student. And it is no holds barred what she has to say. So you, you have to stick around for that. It's, uh, it's incredible. Joan Nidich, again, our exclusive interview tonight. And then the, the mother and the father of Ethan Crumbly, school shooter in Michigan, shot up his school, killed four kids, injured seven others. But mom and dad are historically facing felony charges too. Now, he's been put away for life, no parole. <clears throat> so that's done. But mom and dad still have to go to court on their charges of, like, enabling this to happen. And you will not believe what Mrs. Crumbly is doing regarding the process. What she says is fair, what she says is not fair, what she says she wants to control. Can you do that? Can you actually, can you control the trial process when you're the defendant? Well, I can tell you all about it in a moment. But let's start here. You just never know what you're going to get from a true crime, a true crime uh, docuseries. Sometimes they're just full of bombshell after bombshell stuff we've never, ever heard before. Other times, it's like a bait and switch. It's actually a rehash of a bunch of old stuff you already knew. But the prison confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, wow! Six-part series aired over the weekend on Lifetime. It is definitely the former bombshell after bombshell, bursting at the seams with new revelations. Gypsy's personal history. Most of it, anyway. Uh, Dee Dee Blanchard, her mom, did pretty much everything in her power to convince uh, that little girl and anybody else around her who would listen that she, despite that big smile, was on the verge of death pretty much all the way through her life. And she subjected Gypsy to decades and decades of unnecessary medical treatments and drugs and pain and suffering and that wheelchair. And she reveled in the attention and the sympathies that she got as a caregiver. And, of course, all the money that she happily collected, the donations and the trips and the house. In 2015, you might know by now, Gypsy plotted with her then-boyfriend to murder that mom, Dee Dee Blanchard. And as a result, Gypsy spent more than seven years in prison. And now comes the Lifetime series, airing barely a week after Gypsy Rose was paroled, revealing some behind-the-scenes torment that we knew nothing about including rape allegations that Gypsy Rose made against two men who claimed to be her protectors, drug addiction that she struggled with before she went into prison and after she was behind bars, and then this like crazy voodoo hex that she says her mom put on her because she says mom caught her planning to escape with a man that she met online. We're going to dig into all of that in just a moment, but first I want to tell you about Gypsy Rose's most recent struggle and its fame. Because just in the week that she's been out of prison, she has shot up to 17 million followers 
with Instagram and TikTok combined. She warned her followers just today that fake accounts are like proliferating out there and trying to scam people out of money. And she's like telling them to beware of giving money and that it isn't her, that she's verified. And according to a video that she posted on her Instagram, her TikTok account was taken over by a hacker. She says, actually, in the video that she thinks she knows actually who it is. Take a look. Hey, y'all. So um, my TikTok was just hacked. Um, We have a suspicion of who it could be, but um, we changed the password now. Um, So... I'm back in control of the account right now. We're working with TikTok to get the username and the profile picture back to where it was. So don't freak out just yet. I am back in control. Um, so Shame on y'all. Oh, baby. <laughs> so anyway, uh, nobody freak out. It's still me. Um, so just bear with me. This is the first time that this has ever happened. It's kind of crazy. So um, just be aware that that happened. So... Bye. Fame has not been all bad for Gypsy Rose, though, because there have been a few highlights since her release from prison. Uh, She says she got a direct message from kidnapping victim Elizabeth Smart. She says that Elizabeth told her that if she ever needed anyone to talk to, Elizabeth would be available. And you'll remember that Elizabeth Smart herself is a victim of horrendous child abuse. She was kidnapped at age 15 from her home in Utah by transients. That was back in 2002, when Elizabeth was held captive for almost a year before she was rescued. And as for Gypsy Rose, she spent this past weekend in New York City. Uh, she went to the premiere of her Lifetime series. She did a bunch of interviews to promote the, the Lifetime series. And she also actually got to be like a New York tourist. Uh, she was in Times Square, taking in all the lights. Uh, she went to Central Park, taking in some of the snow although it really didn't stay on the ground very long. Uh, She also caught the Harry Potter show on Broadway with her brand new husband. This is all obviously a much different life than the one she's been living for the past three decades. Uh, Her stepmother, Christy, revealed on this program last week that Gypsy Gypsy had once actually tried to shoot her mother. She actually pulled the trigger before she realized it was only a BB gun night she had a suspicion and she found my back she was like you were gonna run away again weren't you and my heart was pounding like a million things were going through my mind of how bad this was gonna be and i saw her gun on the table she normally kept the gun in the safe in her bedroom but she had used it to practice shooting earlier that week And that's when I grabbed the gun and I threatened her with it. And before I knew it, I pulled the trigger as many times as I could. When I shot my mother, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, did I just do that? What did I just do? A couple of them hit her, a couple of them hit the wall, but the wounds were superficial. It barely grazed her. That's when I realized it was a BB gun. And it made me feel relieved because I did not intend to kill her. But the point is, I was shocked that I pulled the trigger at all. We're also learning a lot about Gypsy Rose's relationship with Nicholas Godijan. That's the boyfriend who actually carried out the murder of Gypsy's mom. Uh, Gypsy says that before the murder, she sent Godijan a video that she shot of her house. Kind of like a, a walkthrough, like a tour to help him find and kill her mother. And in the video, she says when she got to her mother's bed, uh, Gypsy says like she made a stabbing motion. In the TV series, Gypsy made some other allegations, very serious allegations about the night of the murder, saying that Godajan wanted to rape Gypsy's mother and after the killing, raped Gypsy herself. Because I didn't let him rape my mother. That I had to agree to let him rape me after Nick killed my mother. He told me to get in my bedroom and take off all the stuffed animals that was on my bed. I knew that he was gonna have sex with me. Never once was it a fantasy to me. When I yelled stop, he didn't. 
I called for my mother. After the two were both arrested, they did not see each other again until a moment in court when Gypsy Rose testified against him in 2018. But in the Lifetime series, we do learn that Godajan sent Gypsy a letter from prison the next year in 2019. She says that he wanted to get back together with her and that he didn't regret what they did. And Gypsy says that she wrote him back telling him, quote, I don't want a relationship with you and I'm happy. And another revelation that Gypsy has made since leaving prison, Nicholas Godajan wasn't Gypsy's only boyfriend. In the Lifetime series, she reveals that she had a secret boyfriend named Dan while she was being abused by her mom. And she says that they met online and that Gypsy claims she tried to run away with Dan. She says when her mother, Dee Dee, found out, Dee Dee printed out photos of both Gypsy and Dan and put them in a mason jar with a cow's tongue and then buried the jar in the backyard. And according to Gypsy, Dee Dee put a voodoo hex on her, telling her that she would never be happy. This is where I bring in Gigi McKelvey. She's the host of the very popular podcast, Pretty Lies and Alibis. Couldn't wait to get your take. The most surprising thing you learned. I think the BB gun uh, was one, but I have to say, Ashley, probably not the most obvious. When Gypsy said that when she got to prison and sat down at that picnic table outside, she felt free for the first time in her life. That broke my heart, and it surprised me because you would think um, that, that she would feel like, okay, I got rid of my mom. I'm free of this abuse, but now I'm in prison. But she felt free, and that just that blew my mind. Uh, yeah, you know, just as, as an adjacent point to that, I was surprised when she told me, actually, that she grew up in prison, that it was a good place for her, that she said it, it was the best thing that ever happened to her because she made friends and she sort of learned about the world during those, you know, almost eight years uh, in prison. Can you, like, weigh in on this notion that she claims that uh, her mother, her grandfather, and her boyfriend all abused her? Obviously, that she says the grandfather had baths with her. That's what we learned on this program last week. Um, and that the boyfriend, as you heard, she says raped her right after the murder. And I think with Gypsy, unfortunately, being manipulated and abused her whole life was so familiar to her that maybe she did not realize those subtle signs that you and I, leading up to the actual abuse, would see as red flags. So I think with somebody like Gypsy, they're so conditioned that it's not anything out of the ordinary to be abused. And, and you know, now this is the first time in her life she's a free woman at 30-something years old coming out of prison. So I hope that she surrounds herself with good people that have good intentions and that she's just happy the rest of her life because good grief, she deserves it. Yeah, I, I tell you, um, it's really sort of depressing to hear 17 million followers for starters, but that many of them are mean and, and she's kind of navigating this this new normal of hers out, out of prison. You start to see what social media really, you might've heard about it behind <laughs> bars, but you really experience it. She got 17 million followers that have amassed just since last week. I suppose it's not surprising. Have you got a read on it, Gigi, of the, 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 the level of support versus those who believe that she didn't maybe serve enough time? I, I think that the level of support for Gypsy outweighs the negative. You're always going to have that negative online. Keyboard warriors are relentless. It's a, it's a battlefield in social media. I hope that she understands that a lot of times it's not about her. It's about other people, and she can't control what they can type and, and hit enter, and then it's visible to her. But for me, I've seen more support than I have the negative. I think that people, if you take away the murder and look at what was done to Gypsy, it is so horrific. I mean, it is just, it blows my mind. Every time I hear anything or watch a documentary about her, what she was subjected to from infancy up until the murder. Yeah, and here's some of those pictures uh, that I was talking about her trip to New York City. I mean, this is a real... I mean, this is a real freedom, right? Suddenly she's breathing air and she's got a husband and she's, you know, t t tweeting and texting about what she's doing with him. And then she's in Times Square. <laughs> but about the husband, that's Ryan Anderson. Um, it was also kind of surprising that we learned she, she was engaged in, in prison once before. Yeah, and I had followed her story really since it broke. And I knew she was engaged to this, this first guy. And, you know, you kind of wonder, I mean, is it, is it somebody who's an opportunist? 
but she seems very happy with, with her husband, and I wish them the best of luck. She deserves it. You know, it seems like she wants to have children, and he's not taking on an easy uh, marriage. I mean, he's taking on a marriage that's under a microscope worldwide. People have not been kind to him online, not just Gypsy. So hopefully, you know, they weather the storm, and I hope they get some quiet time to really get to know each other aside from the social media onslaught and the media onslaught because that'll die down in time. But I hope, I wish them the best. I mean, if anybody deserves happiness, it's Gypsy. She served her time that the judge gave her. She's done her her duty in prison. And I hope she enjoys every day the rest of her freedom. So listen, marriage is is hard for, you know, at the best of times. Uh, 50% of the time it doesn't work out. And this is a really tough struggle she's been through. And the marriage itself isn't a a conventional marriage to start with. So you're right. I I hope that they can figure it out and and that they can have a a good union and that she can have some happiness. Gigi, I always love having you on. Thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ashley. Always good to see Gigi McKelvey. Um, Pretty Lies and Alibis. Check it out. Coming up. A special needs student nearly beats his teacher's aide to death, and in just a few weeks, he's going to be sentenced for it, and it could be decades. Tonight, in her first national interview, that teacher tells me who else she blames for the attack and how long she thinks he should be jailed, plus why she still cannot watch that video. It's all next. weeks, Brendan Deppa will be facing a judge and he's going to learn how long he'll live in a Florida prison for, for what he did to one of his teachers. Uh, he is that six foot six, 270 pounds, 17 year old special needs student who nearly killed a teacher's aide because his Nintendo Switch had been taken away in the classroom. Brendan pleaded no contest to aggravated battery. And surveillance video shows just how aggravated that battery was. Again, 17 years old at the time of this. He's seen punching, shoving, kicking, an unconscious teacher's aide. That aide's name is Joan Nadich. She's on the ground. It took five other teachers to pull Depa off of her during this attack. Depa's lawyers say that he's not responsible because he suffers from autism and other special needs disorders. But Joan Nadich, the victim, says her life was forever changed that day. And she wants the judge to throw the book at him, special needs or not. She spoke with me earlier today in her first national interview, and I actually learned right at that very moment I was speaking with her that she still has not seen, nor is she able to watch that video. How are you feeling? How are you doing given the injuries that you sustained? Um, Every day is a challenge. Um, I sustained, you know, broken ribs that um, have healed for the most part, but they healed how they broke. Um, So I do get some discomfort from that. Um, I had a concussion that I still deal with. Uh, it's given me, if you could do me a favor, I can't see that. I understand. We'll take that down. Uh, and we'll put it up in a different way where you can't see it because I, I honestly, what my next question was, had you ever seen the video? No, I have not seen that video and I have no memory. Okay, We won't put it up again where you can see it. We'll, we'll edit it in a, in a way where you can't see it during our interview. You have never seen the video? No. No. Do you ever plan to watch it? Right now, I have no, uh, no desire to see um, it at all. Um, he tried to kill me that day. He went back multiple times from what I can understand. Um, to make sure I was dead or to kill me. Um, I have no desire. I no desire to see the video because I have lived every day since February 21st with the repercussions of it or the, with the assault from it, you know, whether it's being hearing loss that I have, vision loss, headaches, um, 
right now I'm dealing with um, some herniated discs that may have been missed, that were missed during the initial overall, um, you know, physical evaluation. Assessment, yeah, yeah. Yes. What was the last thing you you remember? The last thing I remember that day was um, I had my hand on the doorknob inside the classroom, and I was leaving. That's the last thing I remember. So... And then that's the last thing I remember. And it was like five or six hours later that um, I can have some memory of being in the emergency room and my children were there. When you think about uh, the totality of everything that happened, do you see the student or the school as more culpable in what happened to you? Um, I blame everybody. Um, The student, he's to blame for his actions. Um, The school is, the school had, had to do what they had to do. And, you know, I mean, there are other factors. There was his mother, you know, um, so many people, but at the end of the day, he's the one that chose to exit that classroom, come after me, and almost take my life. The mother spoke with us earlier and said that the school district knew in the IEP that they should never have used the Nintendo Switch video game as an incentive, and yet she says they did, and taking it away is a trigger which led to, to what happened to you. Is that how you see it? So, well, there's two, two factors to that. One is I was, a, I'm not, I was not a teacher. I was a, called a paraprofessional or teacher's aide, and I didn't have access to his IEP. Only the teacher did, does with that. Um, and from what I'm getting, she was the one that allowed him to have it. Um, I never took it from him. I never threatened to take it from him. Um, when he was arrested, I gather there was some camera footage from the sheriff. And he had his black computer bag with him. And his switch was actually inside of that. So he was never, he, I believe he was, the teacher had addressed him and said to him that he's no longer going to be able to take it out of the classroom. And the thing with that was that even though he was like in a, he was in a, a self-contained behavior classroom, he was allowed to go to general ed classes. And I had just returned with him from a general ed class. And I had been messaging the teacher, telling her that there was an issue with it, having to deal with the substitute teacher in that class, and that he was no longer gonna be able to take it out of there. Upon returning to the classroom, that is when the teacher said to him, you can't take that out of the gear anymore. And um, that's when he spit in my face. And I just grabbed my stuff and went to exit the classroom. Rather than get into it with him, I felt just me leaving was best for me. And that's what I apparently tried to do. If you can see in the video, I gather I was not running. I was walking, and within a few seconds, he was, next thing apparently I knew, he had his fist that knocked me out and smashed the left-hand side of my head. And then the rest of it This is a hard question for me to ask, and and I'm sure a hard question to to answer. Um, 
His mother said to us that, that prison for him uh, will be a death sentence, but he is going to be sentenced on the 31st of January. I wanted to know what, what you'd like to see happen. Well, his mother, if I can address that real quick, he is on a million dollar bond. And if his mother cared about him being in jail or whatever, she could have for these last 11 months, put up the million, put up the $100,000 or whatever, and had her son home with her. Um, she's chosen not to put up the bond. And as far as the de- a death sentence, I don't, I mean, jail is the place for him. Um, he did a violent crime, and he has to pay for that. And I, I'm going to ask the judge for no leniency, no mercy. I don't get any. I wake up every single morning, whether it's a headache or my shoulder hurts or my ribs hurt or something hurts. And I have to be reminded of this. And this is going to be for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, it's just, it's not, I mean, it's such a, I'm going to say, you know, it's such a sad situation for everybody all the way around. But the thing is, is that he knew what he was doing. He thought about whether he should leave that classroom and come after me or not. And he made the choice to come after me. And that is going to hopefully speak loud words to the judge that, you know, he... You know, he not only that first incident, but he apparently kept coming after me, even being restrained by the police and getting free. Um, you know, asking if I was dead yet or wanting to kill me. Um, I mean, it's just a very sad, sad thing all the way around. You know, my children have to live with what happened to me. My son has to live with what happened to me. He was on campus that day. He was brought to me minutes after that attack was finalized. That he has to live with for the rest of his life. So I I, I have no leniency whatsoever. I want the harshest sentence. Our thanks to Joan Nadich for sitting down for that interview. And um, she has been struggling financially because she was uh, out without pay for quite some time, still is to our knowledge, and a GoFundMe has been started for her. So if you'd like to donate, you can, uh, you can look that up. Uh, coming up next, Jeffrey Epstein's little black book just got a little bigger today with accusations of sex tapes colossal VIPs and a cruel sex act involving an ex-U.S. president who I should say is not on your screen right now. The Epstein dirt continues to flow next. You can add another titan of industry to the list of names associated with Jeffrey Epstein tonight. A man who was, I think it's fair to say, really hoping to hell a judge was not going to unseal the thousands of pages of depositions and evidence um, in that civil case about Epstein's child sex abuse. Um, It's British billionaire Richard Branson, whose name was unveiled today in emails written by one of Epstein's young victims. And I'm going to get to the emails in a minute, but I do need you to keep in mind that Just because someone says something in a court document does not make it true. And there can always be cases of mistaken identity, which there have been in this case, apparently. Uh, But today's new documents also unveil some very disturbing accusations against former President Donald Trump as well. A victim of Epstein named Sarah Ransom emailed an investigative journalist back in 2016, these documents show, and claimed that... um, Not only that Epstein made video recordings of his friends, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson, in sexual encounters, but that she'd seen the videos and said that they clearly show the men's faces and that she had them in her possession. 
Let me just read for you what she actually wrote word for word. Quote, my friend had sexual intercourse with Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson. Sex tapes were, in fact, filmed on each separate occasion. I eventually managed to persuade her to send me some of the video footage, which she kept, implicating all three men. Now, again, that was back in 2016. It's an allegation only. Um, But not long afterwards, she recanted these claims to that same journalist, saying that it wasn't worth putting her family in danger. Uh, Today's document dump also included these never-before-seen photos of that victim and Jeffrey. Um, the, the, The victim's name is Sarah Ransom again, and there are other young women who we've blurred out. They were accidentally released, and then they were pulled back, so we blurred them out. Um, these were taken on Jeffrey Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. And one of the emails focuses on former President Donald Trump and his alleged fixation on a certain part of her friend's anatomy. This is really uncomfortable to read this, so you're just going to bear with me. Um, it's, it's R-rated, too. So if there's kids around, out of the room. This is bad stuff. Apologies in advance. So Sarah Ransom writes this. Donald Trump liked blanking and blanking her chest until they were raw. One evening when we were showering together, she showed me her chest. They looked incredibly painful as they were red and swollen. And I remember wincing when I looked at them. I also knew she had sexual relations with Trump at Jeffrey's New York mansion on regular occasions. And I once met Jen for coffee just before she was going to meet Trump and Epstein together at his mansion. Again, Uh, After all of that minute detail, Sarah Ransom recanted due to what she and her family had been through, she said. There's no reference to the age of the girlfriend named Jen. But I do want to tell you that I spoke with Jeffrey Epstein's brother, Mark, today at length for well over an hour. And I asked him if he ever knew anything about these allegations. He did not want to go on camera, and he did talk very candidly. He said he didn't know specifics about these kinds of things. But he did say that once he was on his brother's jet, when Donald Trump was also on board, and he says he witnessed his brother asking Donald Trump, quote, why do you sleep with so many married women? To which he says Donald Trump replied, because it's so wrong. I want to get Josh Schiffer in here. He's a criminal defense attorney, but more importantly, his firm represents a victim of Jeffrey Epstein. So Josh, look, again, these are emails to a reporter. And The emails are allegations, and then they're recanting allegations. Are they as damaging when you get caught up in the name Jeffrey Epstein and document dump? You know, and in these emails coming out, remember, the emails themselves, many of them had been released previously, but with the names redacted. So this adds more context. It's the drip, drip, drip of more context from Judge Presco with these different tranches of released material. This is the third tranche. And what we're getting now is confirmation that, yes, these are the superstar celebrities and politicians that we all thought they were. And we're confirming that now for the first time. When you combine them with the allegations, I don't think it really adds exposure for any of these individuals specifically, maybe a little bit for Mr. Branson. um, But it just adds more firmament to people's belief what folks were involved in and the allegations that were seriously Let me read a little bit more about what Sarah Ransom wrote to the columnist, Maureen Callahan, famous columnist. She was with the New York Post. She's now with the Daily Mail. And this is what Sarah wrote to Maureen when they were in communications. Dear Maureen, I would like to retract everything I have said to you and walk away from this. It's not worth coming forward, and I will never be heard anyhow. And only bad things will happen as a consequence of me going public. And I know this to be true. On top of that, Josh, a New Yorker reporter, like a a reporter with the New Yorker magazine, said that Sarah Ransom admitted to the reporter that she'd invented the concept of having those tapes so that she could try to throw some... uh, some shade Jeffrey Epstein's way. That's what you call an imperfect witness, or is it worse than that? Is it what you call a zero credibility witness? And that's why these cases are so difficult for the state, because these recantations, it's on brand for someone who is a victim to have second thoughts, to have regrets, because the process of coming forward is filled with so many unexpected challenges. And in a case like this, it's been alleged that lots of people were leaning on witnesses, showing up at people's offices. You know, the press was on 
to reduce the exposure for these unbelievably famous individuals. So this recantation, that's just what a legitimate person would do. Okay. At, at the same so, time, listen, though... You and I... Yeah, I was just going to say real quickly, you and I have been listening to, to stories about these tapes forever and ever, that they exist somewhere and they're hidden in some vault somewhere. The FBI saw tapes and video evidence when they executed a warrant on his apartment in New York, his townhouse in New York, but they didn't have the warrant to take the stuff. So when they came back to take it, it was gone. And there's a lot of pressure right now on the FBI to release the information and the videos and the, the, the pictures. Where are we with that? As far as I've been able to find out, no one is claiming that those still exist, or if they are, they're not claiming them. We know that they did exist. There's been so much discussion about how he was an inveterate taper and how he had all this kind of compromise stuff that it was well-known and discussed. Mm. So I'm very certain it exists or existed, but they might not be able to release it, not just for the reasons of public exposure, but remember, some of this stuff could be evidence of crimes Crimes that were then not uh, prosecuted yeah. for one reason yeah. or another. We're not done talking, you and me. That that one picture we saw wasn't what I was even referring to. It was other stuff that they uh, confiscated from him. So, Josh Schiffer, you're hereby invited back. Thank you for this. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Coming up, he was sent to prison for life after shooting up his school and killing four and injuring seven. But his mom and dad, they got cuffed and thrown in the slammer too. And now mom wants to control the trial process. Can you do that? And what on earth is she claiming? That's next. Get a pep in your step, put up your chin with a grin. Antenna TV gives you the best life through television with good taste. Nothing but the best. Comes good times. By George, you're right. Antenna TV delivers toothy smiles nationwide. How about a little smile? Your television satisfaction is guaranteed. Tune in day and night and live your best life through television. Television sets are quite the thing. Antenna TV, TV how it was meant to be. Maybe he was born with his witty humor. Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some whenever they go. Or as a frontier newspaper reporter. There's nothing to be learned from the second kick of a mule. Maybe he got his insights from being a riverboat captain. Never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Wherever he went, Mark Twain found humor all around. Humor. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. Every moment counts if you're at risk or living with lung cancer. And anyone with lungs can get lung cancer. It causes more cancer deaths than breast, colon, and prostate combined. And while there may be moments where you question your next step, through it all, GoTo for Lung Cancer is here for you. We are your community. For screening, treatment, and survivorship support, GoTo is your go-to. Confronting lung cancer starts here. Visit GoTo.org. Would you let other people order for you? He'll have the Samol Lyonnaise. No, I won't. So why let others make decisions about your older years? Do you want your kids or perfect strangers choosing where you'll live or how your money gets spent? Uh, no. Go to longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. It takes you step-by-step through everything you need to consider about aging and all your options. Longtermcare.gov. Plan now to stay in charge or pay later. How about a mohawk? (laughs) Very funny. This is News Nation's audio stream. Take us wherever you go. America's fastest growing news channel is News Nation. No young person should ever have to worry about having a safe place to sleep at night or whether anyone cares about them. But the reality is, one in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For over 50 years, Covenant House has been helping youth in crisis and giving them the support and tools they need to succeed in life. To learn more, go to covenanthouse.org today. Thank you for caring. My whole identity had been wrapped up in being a soldier. To have that so violently ripped from me when I was wounded, I was lost for a very long time. When Wounded Warrior Project came into my life, being around the other warriors, people that had similar experiences that I did, it was a game changer for me. Having King join the group, that was the beginning of a really good friendship. It's a a good time. I first heard about Wounded Warrior Project through CQ. 
And at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I qualify. But having been a part of it, it's kind of taught me that it's not just the wounds that you can see, but it's those that you can't. When you do something like a peer support group with Wounded Warrior Project and come together from different walks of life, man, the growth is incredible. If not for Wounded Warrior Project, I really don't think that I'd be here today. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. A message from Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous. I came to Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous overweight and depressed. I was dieting, binging, stealing food, and lying about it for years. For help, call 781-932-6300 or visit foodaddicts.org. I knew I had a weight problem. I didn't know I was addicted to food. The FA program gave me a healthy body. I'm free from obsessing about my weight or food. Call FA 781-932-6300 or visit us on our website at foodaddicts.org. We come from a long line of cowboys. When I see all of us out here on this ranch, I see how far our legacy can go. Now on sale at Ancestry. A must in your medicine cabinet. Cold coming on? Zycam is the number one cold shortening brand. Highly recommended. People love Zycam's unique zinc formula. It shortens colds. Zycam shorten that cold. The world does not have to worry about Ethan Crumbly anymore because he's gone. Life in prison, no parole, good riddance. He brought a 9mm handgun to his high school back in uh, 2021 in Michigan, started shooting, killed four classmates, injured seven others. He is a murderer four times over. But Ethan's mom and dad are on the hook, too for ignoring the warning signs and buying him the gun. And their trials on manslaughter charges are about to start. And get this, Ethan Crumbly's mother has a problem with the witness list. I want to bring in Dave Ehrenberg. He is the state attorney for the 15th Judicial Circuit in Palm Beach County, Florida. Also, he's just very smart at these things. So it turns out, Dave, that she thinks the witnesses in her trial are too traumatized by what they saw and what they went through in the school shooting and therefore uh, wouldn't be fair to her. But my question to you, sir, aren't all witnesses who have to come into court on horrible things like murder all traumatized? Yes, it's good to be with you, Ashley. What the defendant is saying is that the prejudicial impact, the inflammatory impact outweighs the evidentiary impact because the defense is going to stipulate that the murders occur. So they're saying, why do you need all this detail about how horrific they are? That's not relevant to whether they're guilty of their crime. So that's what they're saying. But they're trying to have it both ways because they want their own witnesses to be introduced to show that their son, Ethan, was chill that day and the parents had no way of knowing that he was a ticking time bomb. So you can't introduce your own good witnesses to say he's chill and keep out the prosecution's witnesses to say he was a madman. All right. So the other question I have is that she says the violence at school that day that those witnesses would attest to has nothing to do with her actions Leading up to the violence at school, which is the charge she's facing. She's not, char- she's not charged with what happened at school, the killings. She's charged with being terrible at parenting. In the, in the, and, and I see that point, but am I missing something? She is a terrible parent. Uh, and it depends on what she wants to put into evidence. She's right that if she stipulates that the murders occurred, then it's, it's going to be hard to introduce these three witnesses to inflame the jury. Instead, what the defense wants to do, though, is to put on their own witnesses to say, look, we're not bad parents. No one knew he was a ticking time bomb. But that's where the the defense is going to mess up, because if they introduce their own witnesses, then the prosecution can do the same. So I think that they're going to lose this motion. Ten seconds left here, and I mean it, ten seconds. Like, first parents ever to be charged for their uh, child's mass shooting. Are we going to see something big here? Yes, but we've never had parents like this. They deserve what they get, and although it will be a precedent for future school shootings, I don't think we'll ever see this bad of parents ever again. Amen to that. Dave Ehrenberg, you're great. I love you. Thank you. I mean, every time I need the answers, you're just, you're there. Thank you for that, and I'll call you again. You're awesome, Ashley. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, um, 
How bad does it have to be? How bad does it have to be to get the kind of treatment this guy got in court? Well, let's just say that this was the very least they could do to restrain this kind of person. Just count the number of deputies and you can't even see them all. We'll show you what happened next. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Ma, is this how you feed a hamster? Uh, I think so. Is my homework right? Hmm, I think so. Is, uh, this milk still good? Uh, I think so. When it comes to parenting, sometimes it's okay to think you know. But when it's something as important as your child's car seat, don't just think. No. Double check if your child is in the right seat for their age and size. It'll help protect them in a car crash. Don't just think. No. By visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We go through safety training and try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. Substance use disorder and addiction is so isolating. And so as a black woman in recovery, hope must be loud. It grows louder when you ask for help and you're vulnerable. It is the thread that lets you know that no matter what happens, you will be okay. When we learn the power of hope, recovery is possible. Find out how at startwithhope.com. Brought to you by the National Council for Mental Wellbeing, Shatterproof, and the Ad Council. The IRS is urging people to beware of ads that promise big money by claiming the employee retention tax credit. This is a real tax credit that helps businesses that were affected by the pandemic, but scammers are telling people they qualify when they don't. The scammer takes a fee and your personal information. If you're not eligible for the credit, getting conned by this could cost you a lot. The IRS doesn't want that to happen to you, so check the official information at irs.gov erc. Thanks for listening to News Nation On The Go. I'm Connell McShane. To get America's fastest-growing news channel on your screen, go to joinnn.com. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, do you take medication? At VA, prescriptions have a range of copay levels. From free to $5, $8, or $11, for a 30-day prescription, depending on your eligibility. Refill by mail, in person, or on VA's mobile app. Sign up at VA.gov or call 1-800-MY-VA-411. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T Acronym stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the goat. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. If this doesn't give you the chills, I don't know what in the Hannibal Lecter possibly could. I want you to feast your eyes on Deobra Breden. He is an inmate in Las Vegas being hauled into court today to face some pretty violent charges. And if you saw last week's video of him hurling himself over the bench to attack an innocent judge during his own sentencing hearing, you know what I'm talking about. Only today, 
was not even about that. It was about another violent attack that he's been charged with. The same attack that he was actually in court last week for when this happened. Yeah. Decided to just take out the judge. Uh, so that very same judge who actually hurt her head in this hearing, she was sitting at the bench today. The Honorable Mary Kay Holthus of Clark County just gumption came back to that courtroom to finish what she started despite that injury. And when I say finish what she started, to finish the sentencing of Mr. Redden. And instead of probation, which is what he and his lawyer wanted, um, she said she did exactly what she, today, she did exactly what she was planning to do before that happened, and that was uh, four years. Sentenced him to four years behind bars. And also, I want to show you something really gruesome, so just a fair warning, this picture I'm about to show you, it is an awful head wound. That is the injury that was suffered by the court-martial who intervened to save her. And he got 25 stitches for that. And he also dislocated his shoulder. And by the way, Deobra Redden has yet to be sentenced for that, the stunt that he pulled in court last week. But guess what? He is due back in court to face the music tomorrow. So I don't know if he's going to look like this, with the mittens and the belly chain, and I don't know if there's a stun belt under there, uh, or if he'll have even more. But that man has more action before the bench. And it may not be the last time even after that. Thanks for watching. Almost next. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Cuomo. It's Monday. We have breaking news. So what do you say? Let's get after it. First, sex, lies, and yes, videotapes. Claims that Epstein had secret sex tapes of high-powered associates. Who? And really, we have answers. Hey, look, we know this. The FBI collected tapes. Release them, says our guest who represented some of Epstein's victims. And the man who's been named more than a hundred times in the documents, Professor Alan Dershowitz. He may have been Epstein's lawyer, but he 